0: Welcome to The Common Rounds, medical education for medical students by medical students. So we're um, on the topic of um, sensory pathways and how the body receives sensory pathways. We've already talked about how the body um, uh, experiences sort of a bit of pain. Mm-hmm. We've also talked about how the body experiences some of the vib- um, you know vibrations and just the general uh, sensation that yep. um, we experience. But I think we need to explore pain a little bit more because not only is it you know chronic pain can be a severe thing mm. and have debilitating impact. There's also lots of treatments that we can provide patients. Mm. So, our topic today is going to be exploring pain in a little bit more detail and how the brain perceives it, how it modifies it, and how what are some of those pathways in, involved in modification. Mm. Before we talk about it, Andy, let's clarify some of the terminology. So, what yeah. is hyperalgesia?
1: Hyperalgesia is the a state where you, I think you feel the pain a bit more, is it? Yeah. So, yeah, it's like exactly. a, an augmented sensation of pain from a noxious stimulus. Yeah, so, you, you
0: know, if you prick your hand, that hurts, but in these patients, they actually they get you know, severe pain because of this hyperalgesia. Mm. Um, and we'll talk about maybe some of the mechanisms in, in, in this episode as well. What about alledonia? feeling pain from something, uh, from an innocuous stimulus. I think so, yeah. Mm. So I think an example, a funny example of that would be if you tickle some people, Mm. some people find that nice, but other people might get, you know, feel, experience pain from that. So tickling Mm. is somewhat of a noxious stimuli, but it causes pain in some people. Yeah. What about neuropathic pain? That's a big, big problem,
1: isn't it? Mm. So usually you get uh, sensation of pain from stimulation of the nociceptors. However, neuropathic pain occurs when you've got this pain, but you actually don't have the nociceptor stimulation yeah, occurring. Yeah,
0: exactly. Mm. And neurogenic pain is one that I can understand because, you know, once you damage some of those pain neurons then they you know fire abnormally and they can trigger pain so Mm. there is a identifiable cause whereas with neuropathic pain we don't know what's going on these there's no stimulation and they still get a lot of pain so you refer to some nociceptors do you want to explore that a little bit more what are some
1: examples of nociceptors in our body yeah so these nociceptors they're basically pain sensing um, receptors that respond to tissue damages or other thermal stimulus you've got mechanical ones you've got thermal ones chemical and also a lot of different other ones as well Um, so for example, mechanical receptors, they are selected for really strong stimulation mm-hmm. such as yep. pinches or sharp objects, and they receive the sharp prickling pain and go through, um, and they transmit that through a Delta fibers. Yeah. So that's the thing that makes you jump,
0: doesn't it? Mm. Cause then it's pain pathway, A Delta is relatively fast. So it sends that information yep. reasonably quickly compared to C fibers. Mm. What about thermal? How do you, how do you actually feel? It blows my mind. How do you actually feel a temperature?
1: So I wasn't too sure about that. Did you
0: know? Um, I think, again, it's through... Um, so, so these receptors, I think it causes confirmation or change to the proteins, the temperature. Okay. Huh. Um, and uh, it, again, sends it through A-delta. So if you burn your hand, you yep. want to respond to that really quickly. Yep. So it's, uh, again, A-delta a fiber. Mm. And they can um, also tie in with some reflex pathways that we'll talk about in the future. Mm. Um, there's also chemical nociceptors, and that's the one that I really understand quite well because you know mm. if you make if you if there are chemicals that are stimulating these receptors and they're yes. going to transmit pain, can you name some examples of some mm. of those receptors?
1: So I think oh, uh, some of those uh sorry uh transmitters or chemicals. Yeah. Um, I believe things such as capsaicin. Yep. which Would be uh, capsaicin, mustard oils. Um, histamines i believe yeah. they all they all can be irritating um and I, I guess stimulate these chemical nociceptors exactly and um these would lead to the non-myelinated c-fibers yeah um, to uh, they, they would transmit information through non-myelinated c-fibers
0: Exactly. Mm. So there's also um, C-polymoidal uh, nociceptors, and they're okay. quite common. Um, they account for a big portion of the nerve fibers that um, contribute to the – that travel by the C-fibers. Mm. Um, they're usually activated um, by noxious mechanical stimuli or, or heat or irritant chemicals. Okay. And they're the fibers that are associated with that slow burning ache that you experience, let's say, when you burn your hand a couple of days afterwards, that has that sort of aching pain. Okay. There's an interesting group of receptors called the mechano um, mechano heat insensitive afferent fiber. So it's a bit of a mouthful. What do they do?
1: So they're particularly AC fiber that's insensitive to noxious stimuli until it actually becomes quite sensitized yeah right?
0: yeah exactly mm-hmm. and speaking of sensitization what are some ways that these um uh these nerves are sensitized there are a number of chemicals in the body that do a lot of that sensitization yes. let's talk about the four important ones so bradykinin prostaglandins substance p and histamine are really important mm-hmm. do you want to go through them um very yeah. quickly
1: so these uh these um, neurotransmitters or these these chemicals are are se- they are secreted in response to let's say tissue damage or other things that have occurred and bradykinin what it Directly does it? It directly depolarizes these nociceptors, as well as they stimulate stimulate these long-lasting intracellular. Um, they, they stimulate these long-lasting intracellular changes and make sure that that make the heat sent heat-activated ion channels more sensitive. Yeah. so that's probably explaining you know,
0: long-term response to pain, where some people start feeling pain a lot more, even though. This painful stimuli might not be big. It's because those intracellular changes have made those nerves and their receptors are far more
1: sensitive to, you know, subthreshold stimuli. What does prostaglandin do? I think the prostaglandins. I think they they are generated by the lipid membrane and the breakdown of the lipid mm. membrane when, when that occurs. And they increase the nociceptor sensitivity. Yeah, I think
0: um via the arachidonic acid, Cox one, Cox two pathways, mm. and that's why NSAIDs help with analgesia because NSAIDs reduce sensitive amount of prostaglandin circulating in the body and hence mm. you know reduce the sensation of pain so there's yep. you know, there's some therapeutic um, understanding behind this as well yeah substance P is a big one isn't it mm. um, so what does substance P do
1: so it causes vasodilation of the uh, the region around it I guess that would lead to an increased inflammation response mm. that occurs around the area and helps with I guess recovery of, yep. of the um, tissue damage.
0: But it also, I think, causes the release of things like histamine from mast cells. Oh, and then sure. histamine then co- increases excitability of of um, nerve membranes. And so, mm. means that you need a smaller stimulus to bring about pain. Mm. So, overall, the, I think the four ones that you guys should be aware of is bradykinin, mm-hmm. prostaglandin, substance P, and histamine. Yeah. And just know that they, they increase um, response to pain. I think, you, you know, if you want to learn the mechanisms, you know, that's great. But I think from a you know um, our perspective just knowing that the four is really important cool. now we've already kind of alluded to the pathways right so we mentioned spinothalamic pathway which um, crosses at the level of the spinal cord and travels contralaterally, and then it eventually goes to the thalamus yep. and synapses at vpl Good. and from vpl it goes to the um, vpl sends uh, fibers through the internal capsule mm. to the primary somatosensory pathway yep. what we haven't done is actually the pain um, uh, the pain from face mm. and so that is kind of referring to some cranial nerves yep. we we haven't talked about cranial nerves yet, but we'll talk about that in the future. Yeah. What's the cranial nerve that's involved with this?
1: Okay. So with facial sensation, the cranial nerve involved would be the uh, trigeminal nerve. Yes. So the trigeminal nerve has three branches, and I guess we'll go through that some some other day. But so essentially, you once the trigeminal receives these. The pain and um, the pain simulations, they will go through the trigeminal nerve and they'll reach this nucleus called the spinal trigeminal nucleus. That's right. And from that point, they actually descend down this spinal trigeminal tract and then cross over to the other side around the medulla and then they will ascend to the thalamus uh did you remember what the tract was called? i think
0: it's called the um uh trigeminal thalamic track okay. um the name gives it away so it's from the trigeminal it goes all the way to the um to the thalamus but interesting yeah. it doesn't synapse at vpl in the thalamus mm-hmm. It synapses at the vpm mm-hmm. and the way i remember it is mm-hmm. that you apply makeup to the face mm-hmm. and so um uh oh. vpm makeup makeup to the face so it's kind of a, a bit of a round you know um left sort of left field mnemonic, but it helps me remember it yeah um so that's how we feel sensation on the face but it doesn't just end there right there are Mm -hmm. other pain pathways or parallel pathways in the brain that modulate or work with this pain sensation
1: what are some of the like for example amygdala and hypothalamus what do they do okay so they're more part of the the amygdala is more part of the um the limbic system Mm -hmm. and so i I believe like it's it's associated with the pain pathway because you know you, you do have the body is trained to, you know, associate, let's say, pain with a sort of fear, or you know, you're learning from this yeah. particular type of um, of of, of these type of sensation. Exactly. So if mm.
0: you know, if you're a child, if you know that something's hot and it scares you, then you won't. You're less likely going to go and burn yourself. Yes. That's essentially the whole point. Mm. Um, there are other pathways, like the hypothalamus, which we haven't talked about yet. But the hypothalamus is a uh, is a a structure in the brain that's important for regulating the autonomic nervous system mm-hmm. and so it explains why your heart rate increases when you're experiencing pain or why you become more alert um, you mm-hmm. get a little bit of an adrenaline rush yeah. um, there is things like the superior colliculus which we'll talk about in the future and that's mainly important for let's say you touch something your head automatically looks at that source of pain that's um, one of the roles it plays mm. and there are two key pathways that are really important the periaqueductal periacre- gray yep. and the reticular formation so hmm. the reticular formation pathway is important for being alert to the pain yep. but the periaqueductal gray is important for modulating pain. Do you want to maybe explain how it quickly does that?
1: Yeah. So the periaqueductal gray it's it's located around like let's say I think it's located around near the central canal of the, the midbrain midbrain yeah. region. And what it does is that it so it, uh, pain sensation can get sent to the midbrain region through spinal mesencephalic pathways mm. and what happens is that they will then send these information to the periaqueductal gray region which then sends down through the medullary raphae, through serotonergic pathways uh, or serotonergic stimulations down through to the spinal cord to help modulate yeah. and help suppress i guess yeah. the um the, the sensation of pain. Yeah. And we'll quickly talk about how it does that. I was like, this is really interesting. That's right. So, the periacuductive gray
0: synapses yeah. with the medullary um, raphe, which is a, a nuclei. It's part of the reticular formation. Yeah. And that pathway then sends down tracks yeah. into the spinal cord that help modulate this pathway. Yeah. So... There are Before we move on to how the modulation occurs, there are other structures important as well. So the anterior cingulate um, cortex is important. I think that's part of the limbic system as well. And that's mm. sort of the emotional response to pain as well. So amygdala is mainly the fear. This mm. is more of the sort of the unpleasantness of pain that we associate when we experience pain. And insular cortex, which is another important structure, is involved with having understanding or being aware of um, sensations arising from the organs. Mm. Just before we move on, though, there's a curiosity that happens with pain, isn't it? So, let's say you're having a heart attack, okay. right? How come, you know, obviously, mm. it's my heart that's
1: in a lot of pain. How come I get, you know, in patients with heart attacks, you get sensations in the arm? Yeah. Okay. So, what happens is that usually what all we've been describing is, let's say, sensations that we get from the limbs and arms. And so, these, they're really well-defined in on the skin. Yeah. And, by the derma. Or the periphery. Yeah. But when we talk start talking about uh, the visceral organs, so... Um, heart, esophagus, gallbladder, gallbladder, yeah, abdomen, right? etc. Yeah. Um, these are called internal viscera, and they don't really have these well-defined say pain pain pathways. Mm-hmm. So I believe these pain pathways they share this trans um, share the axons of I think it is the uh, the sympathetic nervous yeah, system. Yeah, so they come through the same sort of sheath. Yep. as the sympathetic fibers so they travel along with these fibers back into the spinal cord and when they are reaching the spinal cord they coincidentally share these path share the well-defined pain pathways of the um, dermatomes of yeah. the, um, the peripheral limbs so in the case of the heart when they come back into the spinal cord they coincidentally share the pathways of the um the left arm yep and so that's why some people will experience this radiating pain Mm. down to the right, uh, to to the left arm. Yeah,
0: exactly. No, really well put. So there's a bit Mm. of crosstalk, unfortunately, because all of them all all, sign up at similar regions within the lamellae, within the spinal cord. Mm -hmm. And as a consequence, there's a bit of cross activation of the various pathways. And your brain just thinks, Mm. oh man, I'm getting some input from the arm. What's going on? Mm. Whereas in fact, there's also getting some input from the heart. And that's why there's a bit of a confusion within the brain. it's it's one of the faults of the system. It's a beautiful system, but it's not perfect. Mm. Now, Let's finish up by talking about pain modulation. There are two competing or there are two key things that are happening. One is the gate control pathway, okay, and one is the uh, descending periaqueductal gray that we've talked about. Yep. So let's quickly talk about the um the gate control pathway. It's very easy. It makes logical sense, you know, often when you hit your head onto something, you kind of rub your forehead, mm. and it kind of explains why that happens. Mm. So what happens? Why do I if I rub my forehead or my injured limb
1: it makes me feel better? Yeah. Okay. So Usually, like, let's say once you've banged your head and you get this dull throbbing pain that happens afterwards, that's through the C-fibers that we've mentioned Mm -hmm. before. And what happens is that when you rub that said region, if you remember, you're actually giving the region, let's say, a, um, a general course, uh, sorry, a, like a, uh, probably like a fine touch or a pressure yep. sensation. So you're activating those pathways? Yep, so you're yeah. activating a different sense of um, axons. These are called the A-alpha or A-beta fibers. Yep. And what happens is that there's this really complex network of how these mm. nerves are innervated. Long story short, these alpha and beta axons suppress the, the C fibers from actually reaching the spinal thalamic tract. And so, through the work of interneurons, when you give when you start rubbing the region, the C fibers won't uh, the information from the C fibers won't actually get to the brain. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So the act of rubbing yeah. decreases transmission of pain, which is mm-hmm. really interesting. So that actually works.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we already mentioned about the periaqueductal gray mm-hmm. and how it goes to the raphe uh, nucleus, medullary nucleus, and then that pathway sends down serotonergic descending enzyme, uh, descending uh, tracks. Yes. It synapses an opioid sort of an, an endogenous opioid into neurons. Mm. We haven't. This is the first time we're mentioning opioid, so let's briefly explore what mm. that involves. So there are mm. four key, I think three three, three key receptors that oh. that we've come across. You mm. want to maybe briefly explain? So, them?
1: They are Greek names. I think one's a mu receptor, a delta receptor, and a kappa receptor, yep. and yep. they all respond to fairly different types of um, uh, stimuli. Endogenous, I think. Endogenous, endogenous opioids. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think mu mu receptors respond to and and endorphins actually same as delta five uh, delta receptors, and um, kappa opioid receptors respond to. Dynorphins. Dino, yeah, dynorphins. That's mm. right.
0: Um, we should say that these pathways are not just exclusive in the spinal cord, but they're important in spinal cord because they help modulate pain. They're also found in the in the brain as well. Yeah. And so what happens is that the uh, descending pathways from the raphae, Nucleus. the raphe nuclei yep. stimulate these into uh, these opioid interneurons. The into mm. opioid interneurons release these endogenous opioids, so endorphins mm. and encephalons, etc.
1: Mm.
0: And then these guys hyperpolarize the c fibers that are transmitting pain yep. and as a consequence you when you hyperpolarize you're bringing something below threshold so they're less okay. likely to be activated ah. so it's really interesting and and as a consequence they you know reduce transmission of pain yep. and this is the fundamental basis of why we give you know opioids why we give um for example morph into patients in pain is to suppress this pathway it's really interesting yeah but there is another sort of a newer pathway that's been discovered and that's the endogenous cannabinoids and this is why mm-hmm. um, there's a huge push particularly in australia for um legalization of medical marijuana for and you know okay. for pain purposes sure how does that work well do you want to briefly explain how it works yeah I'll, I'll prefer if you, you want right, i'll it. tackle it um I'm, <laughs> I'm no expert in this but um I, I, from a very basic point of view so um presynaptic cells Mm -hmm. so the uh, these presynaptic neurons um, stimulate or activate post synaptic cells and these post synaptic cells release these endogenous cannabinoids and these endogenous cannabinoids travel all the way back to the presynaptic neuron and inhibit its activity so it's this negative feedback Mm. that they have and that's the proposed theory so there are i think there are two key receptors um, cannabinoid receptors one and cannabinoid receptors one and i think um, there are some pharmaceutical yeah pharmaceutical Mm. products in in um, in production or or in research to Mm. exploit this analgesic pathway but i don't know whether there are any anything specifically marketed in australia for that purpose so that's it so we're talking about pain modulation we're talking about some of the cortical areas in the brain that are important for pain we'll talk about the key pathways yeah including the spondosalamic and trigeminal. Mm-hmm. And we talked about some of the receptors involved in nociception as well. Yeah. Is there any, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? No, I think that's probably it. Yeah, so I think for our next one, we're going to move from the sensory to the motor, so how we move our muscles in our next episode. So yeah, join us um, as we explore the, the brain in, in a little bit more detail. That's good. Well, that's good. See you next time. Bye. Our episode today was put together by our executive producer, Gautam, and our co-editor, Cindy. For notes, elective
1: experiences, and much more study resources, visit our website on thecommonrounds.wordpress.com. Or visit us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. If you like our
0: episodes, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It means a lot to us. You've been listening to The Common Rounds. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. See ya.